With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. And it's hour two on this Wednesday. Come on in. Stay a while. Gang's all here. Fritzy, Seaton, Marv, Paulie, and yours truly. Just in time for Valentine's Day, we have uh, two of our most popular flavors of moonshine. Tailgate moonshine, salted caramel, and peppermint bark. They are awesome and a great way to say, "Hun, I love you. Here's some moonshine. Go to DanPatrick.com. Also, when these two teams last played, the most watched Premier League match in U.S. history. Does anybody want to guess? Paulie, Ewan Seaton being the uh, soccer aficionados, get one guess. This was the most watched Premier League match in U.S. history. Paulie, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, Arsenal, Manchester United. See, no counter. Oh, uh, man, that's a good guess. I'm going to say uh, Chelsea, Manchester United. Mm. Anybody else want to weigh in? Marvin, Fritzy? Didn't think so. Arsenal, Liverpool. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Most watched. The that's rematch. February 4th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, only on Peacock, which is where you will find us. That's our streaming partner. Download the app if you haven't done so to be able to watch this program and uh, our radio affiliates around the country. Let's clean up our one's poll question and then turn our attention to our two. Greg Olson, NFL and Fox analyst, will stop by in about 20 minutes. What do you have, Seton? In 2024, would you rather be the Lions offensive coordinator or the head coach of the Washington Commanders? Right now, that's at 69% would rather be the OC in Detroit. (laughs) Who would have thought, you know, if I would have said that a few years ago, hey, would you stay as the OC of the Lions or take the head coaching job of the Commanders? That's awesome. I don't know if he had the opportunity to take the job with the Commanders unless... He was taking their salary that they were offering as opposed to his and maybe Seattle as well. $15 million for a guy who hasn't coached before as a head coach, that's a little steep. 
That's a little steep. So it's being presented in Detroit of kind of the hero returns. He's coming back to the staff. Eminem joked that he was going to have a diss track if Ben Johnson left the Lions. He goes, all right, I can stop writing that. I don't have to do a diss track on uh, Ben Johnson leaving the Lions. Yeah, Paul. Is the word Johnson easy to rhyme with? <laughs> Ritzy, I'll leave this up to you. As the... Well, you could probably use it as a, uh, a an adjective, a right. verb, a noun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he could have fun with that. Yes, he could. I would think so. But uh, don't have to worry about that. No uh, diss track by uh, Eminem. So Ben Johnson is staying. That means the Commanders and Seahawks is still open for business. The Orioles sold yesterday for $1.7 billion, the Angelos family. And I was wondering, like it feels like billion doesn't seem like a billion the way it used to. So you 1.7, my initial reaction was, man, that's all they got for it? And I'm thinking... Yeah, maybe that's the going rate for a baseball team. Plus, you know, you're sandwiched between Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. You're in a city that, you know, financially could be struggling. And the Orioles are still a great brand. Great ballpark. But uh, the Angelos family, I don't know if there's, you know, what the uh, working dynamic was or is with that family, with the team. But $1.7 billion for the Orioles. And it uh, seems like it's weird to say, man... That sounds like a good buy. But we're a good dot, 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 buy, not a good buy. But uh, I, I think because we get drunk with these numbers with NFL franchises, where you go, uh, how much did the uh, commanders go for? $5.6 or Denver went for $5 billion. And, you know, we look at some of the other franchises, it's a little bit different. Steve Ballmer overpaid for the Clippers, but he could afford to overpay with the Clippers. He wanted to have a franchise, and he got it. But sometimes you look at these franchises, and they're not all worth what the Cowboys are worth, or the Yankees are worth, or the Dodgers are worth, or the Lakers. Yes, Paul? Does it feel like to you guys in the past two years more sports teams have sold in a kind of a block of time? Not And for high record prices. I mean, of course the market's going to go up, but it almost feels like some of these owners are cashing out at the peak of the market. And I've seen some stories from like Fortune magazine that says – you know, uh, Daniel Snyder cashed out not because of the pressure of the NFL, because this was the time. And Mark Cuban sold, what, I think 40% of his franchise. He still controls it because this is the time to do so. It's almost like a market move more than a sports move. Yeah, it felt like that when people said, why would Cuban be selling, you know, his beloved Mavericks? And Cuban's a businessman. And I think that maybe he sold off some of the teams so he could do something, you know, different business-wide with, you know, the whole shopping area around the Mavs uh, arena there, or get a new arena as well. So it seems like a, a, a bigger play, a longer play, a different play for him. I don't know about the other owners, but it might be the time to get out. Maybe the numbers are bloated, certainly with the NFL, or at least it, it always seems like that. And then you look back 20 years from now and you go, how much they pay for that? Like, you know, when uh, the Patriots were sold, what was it, a couple hundred million dollars that you pay for that? Like some of these where you go, yeah, that's a good return on your investment. Yeah, Seaton. Well, was it the Carolina Hurricanes? They were sold like six years ago, or at least like 50% of it or something was bought for like $400 million or something. Yeah. It feels like a bargain. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, Paul. The Angelus family paid one $173 million in 1993, so they made uh, almost exactly 10 times profit. Okay, good for them. Got a break. Good for them.
right. Uh, our two poll questions, Seaton. Well, would you like a Greg Olson-specific poll question? Sure. In honor of our guest? Sure. Greg Olson should chill at Fox and bide his time or get out, find a new home. <laughs> and no other options there? That's it. Those are basically the okay. two. He can either stay or go. I'm not sure what the third one would, would be. Would you ask for a trade if you're Greg Olson? <laughs> no, I'm serious. For an announcer to be named later? Yes, or a cartoon. Al Michaels was traded for a cartoon. Right. If you're if you're Greg, okay, but NBC already has Collinsworth, ESPN has Aikman, CBS has Romo. Where is Greg Olson going to go to be the number one analyst? I don't know. Where, where, where do you go? <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Tony, what do you think? Could Greg Olson take over your job with Nan- Jim Nance? I, I don't really know. Is he coming here? Is he going somewhere else? You should be able to predict that. <laughs> I love at the very end when you say, well, what do you what, think? What would you do? <laughs> yeah, he, only said, he only said that one time, but it's like, for me, it's, it, it, it's the punctuation on every sentence he says. Not what I'm here for, Tony. Uh, I think that's your job, Tony. Yeah, they may run and they may throw, Jim. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. This is a big call. What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not exactly insightful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we're just having fun. You're like watching Meet the Press, and the guy goes to the you know the president. You know what should we do here with this situation? I don't know. What would you do? Yeah, no, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, no war or peace. I don't know. I don't what know. would you do? What would you do? Yeah. What would you do with Putin? Well, I, I, I don't know. What would you do? Chuck Todd making decisions. Uh, yes, Todd. Doesn't seem that long ago when we were talking about how does he go to his crystal ball and predict every play before it happens? How do we get to this place? I know. I know. Plus, he's going to have that standalone game doing the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to have an opinion on Tony. Everybody. And I don't think it helped Tony that he had the previous game over the weekend, and then it led into Greg Olson's game. So you could compare those two, and that's what a lot of people did. And I thought Greg Olson had a really good game. Like it's, I, I just want, football fans know football. I think you want to know what did you pick up in the moment? Like, what what did you see that I didn't see? Without being lectured on it, and you know, I think that's really the key. Tom Brady says that he's been studying broadcasters here. You, you have to be yourself, and that's the hardest thing in this business. When somebody says, "Just be yourself." Well, you don't know who you are. Tom Brady doesn't know who he is as a broadcaster. Now, as a quarterback or maybe a guy who talks about football behind the scenes with his buddies, but when every word is going to be analyzed. And he's got this massive deal. And we're going to expect Tom Brady to be Tom Brady, the quarterback, the greatest of all time. And there have been a lot of guys who have done this. Uh, Jim Brown, Joe Montana, I mean, I, I've worked with a number of guys who were great players. They weren't great broadcasters. And sometimes it takes somebody who wasn't a great player because the great player may have a hard time understanding why they're great. They just do it. Whereas the guy who has to watch others do it to try to be better, to try to compete, it feels like they, they're more analytical. They, they, they see it. Whereas, you know, I just do it. Like if I said to Josh Allen, explain, you know, how you do what you do, he might not be able to do it. Or Michael Vick, Patrick Mahomes, 
They might not be able to explain it. And I always go back to when I ask John McEnroe, how do you do what you do? And he goes, I, I don't know. I just do it. Like, it's all reactionary. I mean, you prepare for that moment. But in real time, Tom has to be ready to go and tell you what just happened. And I'm sure he has the football acumen to be able to do it. Can you get it out in, let's say, 20 seconds? Because that's what it comes down to. It's play-by-play. Then you look back. The analyst says, what he, I saw this. This is why this happened. Then they show a replay. And then you say a little bit more. And then you come back play-by-play. So it's 20 seconds. It's 20 seconds back to play-by-play. Might be 30 seconds. Might be 10 seconds. Hey, be quiet. The official is going to give us the call on this. We're going to commercial break. Like all of these things where somebody's going to be talking in Tom Brady's headset. And it's different than, you know, the offensive coordinator or Bill Belichick talking to you prior to, you know, the start of the play. He's going to be hearing things. You got to talk sometimes when somebody's talking to you. You got to get along with that play by play voice. You know, he has to be able to see. I think Jim Nance does an unbelievable job because he does have to kind of fit into Tony Romo's world because you got to go, okay, Tony, and then he'll say what he says, and then sometimes he may go long or he might say something that's a question, and Jim has to get it back to the, the game itself. You know, Joe Buck has it easy. He's been friends with Troy for such a long period of time. They know each other. Uh, Tariko can work with anybody. Collinsworth can work with anybody. Having that, I, you know, I thought Herb Street and Al Michaels, you know, it took them a little while to sync up. But Herbie's been working with Chris Fowler for a long period of time. And Al was working with Chris Collinsworth. There is, and even when I did SportsCenter and I'd have a certain co-host working with them to understand sort of what they do, how they do it. Uh, Kenny Maine would be different than, you know, working with Rich Eisen. And, and you would have to adjust that way because every, you want everybody to be at their best. And I think that'll be a challenge for Tom. And it's not, can you be critical? I think that was uh, the common mistake that I had. I remember interviewing Troy when he was ready to take over the job. This is many, many years ago. Joe Buck had a golf tournament in St. Louis, and I remember talking to Troy, and he's just getting into broadcasting. And I said, you know, are you able to be critical? And it's really not that. I think you have to just, what you see, you say what you see. You don't go out of your way to be mean-spirited. But you have to be honest with what you see. If it's a bad call, uh, a bad pass, uh, somebody should have had something, you know, then, then you call them out. Because that's, the fans know that. They want you to you know, point out, oh my God, look what just happened there. And I think that'll be important for Tom. You don't have to be highly critical as much as you have to be highly analytical. And I think there's a difference in that. All right, so the poll question for hour two is uh, what, Seton O'Connor? We're going to say, should Greg Olson stay or go? <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Okay. You could stay and be the number two team there. Tom's got a 10-year deal, by the way. And you know who negotiated that? Rupert Murdoch's son at Fox. <laughs> Yeah, personally negotiated that. Yes, Paul. But Greg's kind of in the position where, like, Tom Brady's backup quarterbacks were a few years ago, like Matt Ca- Matt Castle or Garoppolo. He came in because Brady decided to wait a year, did really well, probably overachieved, and, and had a big stage this weekend. Now it feels like he's being, you know, 
big-footed by Brady, but there was a contract in place. But it, it, it's working, out, I think, very well for Greg. It, it may take a year. The last guy I want to be a backup quarterback to is Tom Brady. Well, unless he you plays forever, yeah, and he doesn't. He got injured one year, but the exposure that Olson got this one year because Brady sat a year is. But he can't capitalize on it. I, mm, I'm taking Olson to get a pay raise in the next year. Well, I mean, okay, give him a pay raise. Well, I think I think he makes quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's gonna be some shifting next year. All right, let me take a break. Uh, Greg will join us here coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. 
Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. He's the man of the hour. He's Greg Olson, Fox NFL analyst for the second straight year. DiGiorno is giving fans a chance to win free pizza. The kicker doinks at any point in the Super Bowl. Uh, Kevin and Greg will team up with DiGiorno to uh, celebrate the all-pro combo of pizza and football and discuss the big game's unpredictable outcomes. And uh, for more on this, special discounts. Uh, to enter for a chance to win, go to DiGiornoDoinks.com. Greg Olson joining us on the program. Greg, good to have you back. Uh, let me go back to the uh, fourth down call by the Lions. And you said they disguised their coverage. The Niners disguised their coverage on Jared Goff. When do you realize this and how that's going to affect the play and what you're going to say on TV? Yeah, so what happened was, so what a lot of teams do is they use their backs to their tight ends and they put them in unconventional formations where maybe they're outside the receiver or they're in the slot and they they want to get tell. So what happened there early and when we came back and showed the replay is Dre Greenlaw was walked on Jameer Gibbs. He was, he was the furthest receiver out to the right. So that was the man tell for Jared Goff. So you see Goff, he brings Gibbs in from being out wide to put him back in the backfield next to him in the gun. And then Goff gives the hand signal or the check or whatever the play is going to be. So you'll see Greenlaw comes back in with him. So it looks, again, that's a man tell, you know, a lot of the times. And give credit to San Francisco and Wilkes. They ended up just zoning it out. They ended up just shelling it out. And they're running mesh, you know, which is like guys crossing each other, like running shallow drags, trying to run interference and run their mans and – you know, run their man coverage into each other. And um, they were running a man-type concept against what ended up looking like man but playing like zone. And that's why Goff had nowhere to go early. He tried to flush and get it late down the field to Amon Ross St. Brown and was just off balance and didn't get enough on it. So those are critical moments in the game, right? That's the chess match back and forth, pre-snap tells, post-snap tells, um and in that critical moment, they San Francisco got the stop they needed. Yeah, and you did a great job in seeing it and saying it because you got to do it quickly. Play happens now. What happened? Do you watch on the monitor or do you watch onto the field? Yeah. So my process is so I, I have two monitors. So I have my Telestrator, which is like the production. That's what everyone sees on their TV at home, right? That's I, I have no bearing on that. That just is just a copy of whatever's being broadcast into uh, you know into the homes. I have a sky cam, which is like, you know, the, the cable cam behind the quarterback. So I have that monitor and then I have an all 22, but those are all on delays. So they're on about a four second delay from what's actually happening on the field. So I watch it live on the field, which in essence is like an all 22, like, you know, from above. And then I see it. And then by the time Kevin is done with his call, I can then either go to the all 22 or the sky based on what I want to see. And then I can either confirm, I can finalize numbers, get my make sure what I saw live is actually what I see. And then by the time it's on my telestrator, by the time it's time, you know, Kevin is done and I gotta jump in to talk, I have a pretty good sense. I saw it live, I saw it on a quick little four second delay. So I'm pretty certain that what I'm gonna say is what happened and doesn't always play out that way, but that's the you know, that's the method that I've developed in the booth the last couple of years and and it's helped me just Make sure what I say I'm confident is what really happened. And players will talk about the game slows down when you play the game. Like after a couple of years, you eventually see it differently. Quarterbacks talk about it. It slows down a little bit. As a broadcaster, 
Did it slow down for you where it became easier? Oh, absolutely. You know, in the, my, my first year, I, I think I, I always joke now with, with, our, with our producer, um, Z, I always say like um, when I first started doing this, I only had like a couple camera angles and it was probably for the best. You know, I, they probably had more. They just didn't want to overwhelm me. So my replays were, you know, behind the defense, behind the offense, every once in a while in all 22, like from above or just like an ISO shot. It's just, all right, it's going to be on, you know, CD Lamb or it's going to be on, you know, whoever. That was it. And I would just do my telestrations and do my, but then when I, as I kept going, I realized, oh my God, there's a million more cameras and you just get more comfortable. You get more fluid. Hey, whatever they throw up on the telestrator, it's not going to catch me off guard anymore. But you know, watching the plays unfold on the field was always very natural to me. I'll tell you the biggest transition, Dan, that I had was for my whole career watching game film, I would always watch it from behind the offense. So that was my perspective of seeing NFL football forever. And now we sometimes do it from behind the defense. They call it pit, or you do it from like a, a corner sideline where, so you want to talk about the left guard, but now you're doing it from behind the defense. So he's actually on the right. And, you know, so like little things like that, I had to like retrain my brain that, okay, for 14 years, you watched film like this. Well, this isn't film. This is live television, and we're not going to just show the same camera angle for three hours every weekend. So little things like that you get better at. And, uh, you know, my, my team spent a lot of time with me helping me progress through a lot of those things early on. Let's look at the Lions' calls with uh, fourth down. Um, did you agree with the calls and the plays that were called? Because they, you, sometimes you can call the right play, but it doesn't turn out well. But I'm curious – from your perspective now, three days later, did they make the right calls on those fourth down? Yeah, so f first and foremost, I think going for it was the right move for, for multiple reasons. And I know this has been like the hot button topic now since the game ended. And w we said it very early in the game, right? There's, there's a way to be aggressive in the NFL. There's two ways. You can be aggressive in your play calling, which we didn't think was what they were going to do. I don't think Detroit wanted to come out and throw the ball 50 times and throw it downfield and hold the ball and let that rush. And I think that plays into the teeth of this San Francisco defense. So they ran the ball. We said, hey, lean on your run game, run the ball, run the ball. And, and they did in the first half, especially. But you can be aggressive in your game, in your game strategy, in your game management, right? And that's where Dan Campbell has no one's run more fake punts. No one's converted more. No one's attempted more fourth downs or converted more. That's been his style since he took over three years ago, trying to build this winning culture there. So when you're in a game like that against San Francisco, the best part of your team, if you're Detroit, is your offense. So if you're going to put the burden, if it's a coin flip decision, or it's a, I owe, if I'm Dan Campbell, I don't blame him for always putting the load on his offense. It's the best unit of the team. They scored 31 points and lost yeah. the notion that more conservative game management was the answer to score more points that's just not how the nfl works so the notion of hey just take the points there's no take the points on 48 yard field goals these are not gimme chip shots so i, I think that's where people lose it's like hey 48 yard or just tie the game up well last year in the super bowl we watched harrison buckner on fourth and three in the first quarter Hey, San Francisco, it's 7-7. Just, I mean, uh, Kansas City, uh, go take the lead early. Get the lead. And he doinked it off the left crossbar. He's the best kicker in the league. They thought they were taking the points on fourth and three. And the score, 
So like, that's the narrative we have to stop. When the kicker misses it, it's the kicker. When they go for it and they don't make it, it's the coach. We're talking to Greg Olson, uh, NFL and Fox analyst, uh, joining us courtesy of DiGiorno. For more on uh, what he's doing, DiGiornoDoinks.com. Uh, since you played the position, how would you defend Travis Kelsey if you're the 49ers, whether it's their safety or their linebackers? What does he do, and how do you stop what he's doing from your perspective? Man, it's it's hard. You know, what he's doing is unprecedented. And, you know, I've been on record calling his games and said it on broadcast, and it, I think we're starting – I never thought anyone would ever catch Tony Gonzalez from a production standpoint, from a longevity of his career, and what he was able to do was, was pretty – remarkable when you saw Tony compared to the you know two three four guys as far as production and what he was able to accomplish over a long time I think Kelsey's either arrived already or he's nipping at his heels because he should have had 8,000 yard seasons in a row he didn't play in the last game I think he needed like 15 yards so in essence he was going to get it it wasn't that big of a deal to him his playoff records I mean when you're breaking Jerry Rice's records you're entering a new stratosphere of production in the postseason. But as far as stopping him, I don't I don't know if you're ever gonna like completely shut him down. I, I do think the challenge of Kelsey is he's not running conventional routes that you can really prepare for. It's not, hey, he's gonna run 14 yards and hook a left and he's gonna catch this ball two yards outside the hash mark. So on your zone drops, drop there, right? You're not, because if you drop there, he's gonna stop his route and end somewhere else. Like he's playing improv in the moment, real-time decision route running, and Mahomes sees it the exact same way. So it's very hard. So I, how I would defend him, I think you gotta get on him. I think the more space he has to run and weave and find feel, him and Mahomes are just playing at a different level than maybe anybody ever. So I think you gotta get on him. I think you gotta reroute him. I think you've gotta be at the line of scrimmage, getting him with people behind you to help. I, I don't think this is like, hey, one zone coverage, one concept, one player. This is a group effort, and you have to be really good in critical downs because when it matters the most, Mahomes is throwing him the ball. So you better have an answer for him, and very few teams have. Given your situation uh, at Fox now as a broadcaster, what do you want to do moving forward? I want to call top games. You know, Dan, I I, I feel, you know, two years ago when, when everything unfolded, and, you know, obviously I've known Tom was coming for – you know, over you know two years, year and a half, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you know that part of it we always knew. It was a matter of when. We didn't know exactly when the timeline. It ended up not coming this past season, which gave me a second year with Kevin in the booth with the A team. But you know, going forward, my my goals haven't changed. You know, my goals when I started out calling games with Fox, you know, three years ago, was I aspired to be a top broadcaster. I really thought I could do it. I thought if given the opportunity and the chance, I could show people that I could do it and. I got the opportunity, and Fox was kind enough to give me that. And I think over the last two years, we've really changed the narrative. I think we've changed where, hey, this is just a placeholder. This yeah. is a guy to being like, no, this this guy can do it. So my my goals and aspirations, if anything, have even gotten more committed to, I want to call top games. I want to call games in front of 57 million people and and dive into the biggest moments and why it's happening. And I feel like we've done as good a job as that as anybody in the industry over the last couple seasons. And where that is, how that is, when that is, I, I don't know, right? There's so many moving parts out of my control. But my goal is to be a top A broadcaster again. And 
I'm going to do everything in my power to achieve that. And um, that's been the goal that I've laid out since I entered this field upon retirement three years ago. Would you ask for a trade? We're, 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 I'm not really in the business of making demands. You know, I, I'm not sitting here holding anyone's feet to the fire. Fox understands the position I'm in. They understand what my aspirations are. Um, and, you know, we're not sitting there banging the table and saying, we, we, you have to let us, you know, I, I, I'm, we're not in that, we're not doing that. You know, we, we understand what we signed up for. Uh, they understand where I, where I am and being at this stage of my career of where I want to go. And I think we're all, we understand the delicate situation that we're in, right? I, I, <laughs> I understand when Tom Brady's looming over your shoulder, it's the biggest news in sports. I get it. He's Tom Brady. He's someone I've respected for, damn, 20 years. Um, so I, I, I understand the, the uniqueness of what's going on, and I feel like we've handled it as well as we could for the last two years. And if I can get another opportunity to call top games at Fox or somewhere else, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If I put you and Brady in the octagon and the winner gets to call the top games on Fox... <laughs> That'd be quite. That'd be quite the pay per view. I I think Tom stays in better shape. I think he he works out more than I have. Uh, I'm my my men's tennis my men's tennis clinics on Wednesday night. I don't think uh, I don't think had me quite in fighting shape. And I'm not I'm not fighting Tom Brady. That that's a losing battle. Uh, you're probably not going to win. Uh, give me the plug that you and Kevin are working on uh, before we say goodbye. Well, you, we, we talked about it earlier with the doink from last year. So, again, for the second year, DiGiorno's got this fun program where if one of the kickers doinks the ball, you know, so for those who don't know, doink is like the ball hits the upright, the crossbar, and makes, you know, makes the doink noise, which there was one last year, the Chiefs kicker, Harrison Buckner, um, which, again, was fourth and three, and he doinked it. So we can leave that there. Um If you register, you go to DiGiorno Doinks, register, uh, you enter. If there's a doink in the Super Bowl, you get a chance to win free pizza and football, the Super Bowl, win free pizza. It's a win for everybody but the kicker, I guess. You did a great job, and you're doing a great job answering these questions. I know that you're getting the same ones over and over, and everybody thinks there's going to be a different answer. So uh, good luck with this, and uh, there's no shame in if you're calling, you know, the second best games on Fox. Yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're still doing it for a living, and that's really important. But wanting to be better, greater, that's the important part. Uh, you know, that game should not mean less because it's not as important as, you know, the, the marquee game. So good luck with that as you move forward. And uh, you and Kevin certainly made a wonderful team. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Greg Olson, NFL and Fox analyst, former uh, tight end, went to three Pro Bowls, and uh, first round pick by the Panthers. Yes, Paul. That was well handled by Greg Olson. Yeah. It, I, it was a, both a confident answer but using the word word we often you know like we here's what we, my team my people mm -hmm. you know it, it was very well answered with your question because it's, it's a tough situation he's in yeah because you can't say you know i'm better than tom and he might be better than tom it's better if we say he's great yeah, yes. than if he says he's great yeah but his confidence was great yeah well he should have that now you called a game in front of 57 million people I mean, I handed out a Super Bowl trophy in front of a hundred million, but take that. Yeah, yeah. Haven't asked me back though. No. You chose, like Ben Johnson. Yes, I did. I chose not to hand out the Super Bowl trophy because <laughs> your demands were also crazy. Yes, or? Uh, yes, I had crazy demands there. <laughs> yeah.
Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. I only want to hand it to Tom. Yes. He retires, I retire. Yes. If Tom's not playing, I'm not handing out Super Bowl trophy. Uh, hey, Marcus, what's on your mind today? Hey, morning, Dan. First time, long time. Five six one fifty. Ah, that's awesome. Bucket list check. Excellent. Hey, first up, Dan, I've been driving about 70,000 miles a year for about the last 20 years. I cannot say how much I appreciate you, mm. the Dan Ness, for making the three hours of my drive each day uh, drive go by so quickly. Bless you. Like, Fritzy, I'm scared to death what I'm going to do after you guys are done in a couple of years. So, I know, uh, I know we're in football season. It's top of mind over the next few weeks, but with pitchers and catchers uh, reporting here, uh, news of my upstart Orioles getting sold by a group uh, to a group that includes Cal Ripken was music in my ears. Just curious on your take on the change of ownership's impact on success of teams in general, including my Orioles. And again, bless you guys. Appreciate y'all. Hang up and listen. All right. Thank you, Marcus. Safe travels there. Yeah, if Rip's involved in it, I mean, that's wonderful. Get that name recognition. And, you know, I don't know what the Angelos standing was in the community by people cover the team. Uh, but I think having Cal Ripken there can only be a positive. And, you know, they've had some success. You know, they drafted, had some good draft picks here. Still, that's a great uniform, great logo, the Orioles. All right, uh, when we come back, it's the Tom Brady game. I don't know if this is the new Tom Brady game. All new. The all new Tom Brady game. We'll play it after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. 
Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. I'm looking at the numbers here since Dan Campbell took over as the Lions head coach. 54 games. He's gone for it on fourth down 123 times. He's converted 65 times at 52, almost 53%. Nick Sirianni, uh, he's at 63%. Kevin Stefanski is uh, second on the list at uh, almost 50%. That uh, The Browns have gone for it 107 times and converted 53 times. But as Greg Olson said, look, he agreed with them going for it on fourth down. That's who you are. Your offense is the best side of the ball. I really believe that Dan Campbell knew his defense. It wasn't a question of if but when they were going to allow San Francisco back into this. And I think they got to the point where, and he got to the point where, he needed to go for it to continue to put pressure on them. But Greg Olson's right. If you said the Lions were going to score 31 points, you would think that would be enough. The Lions' defense certainly didn't live up to uh, its portion of the game. All right, uh, time to play the Tom Brady game, the all-new Tom Brady game. And, Paulie, take over as the host of the all-new Tom Brady game. Thanks, Dan. All right. Game show music for you. It's a two-part game. Um, How is Tom Brady used next year by Fox? As a straight game analyst or are other elements mixed in with him? Part two, if you were predicting the reaction to Tom Brady's first couple weeks on air, they will be, what? I'll go to Fritzy first. Two parts. I think that they're going to have him try to do a little of everything. I think it's going to start within the the broadcast booth, but he should be expected to have other roles. And I know we had talked about this before in TV and movies and stuff, but as far as the sports, I think they're going to try him out in the studio as well through the course of that first season. And I think... The reviews are going to be mixed, but they will be negative at first, and then we will gradually, uh, he'll gradually improve, and then we'll gradually notice that improvement. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, hopefully Tom uses brevity, too, when he's <laughs> broadcasting there. Uh, Seton, I'll go to you. I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> okay. A long time ago. What will Tom do, and how will it be received? Yes. Basically. Basically. Yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, well, I think he's going to be in the booth. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a negative. I think that Tom Brady is a big name, but he has a lot of people who really don't like him. Um, So I don't think he's going to get a warm reception. Okay. More polarizing, Tom Brady or Taylor Swift? (laughs) Marvin? He's going to be in the booth because they're paying him a ton. Yeah. And the review is going to be negative. Even if it's unfair, they're going to be negative regardless. He'll be in the booth. I think the reviews will be, hey, he's surprisingly good. I think people will be surprised at how Tom sounds. We're not used to hearing Tom do a game. And I think when we hear it, how he fits in with the cadence, there, there's a there's a like a syncopation here that happens. It's You have to understand the rhythm of the game, the role you play. I think people will be pleasantly surprised at Tom's performance. Yes, Eden. This is not meant to be disrespectful to the job at all. But? But 
Tom Brady, I feel like, is bigger than that job. And to me, the thing that I'm really struggling with is, obviously you want the name on your team, but what do you do with them? To me, it's not, well, put them in the booth and I'll call Lions games. You know, I just don't think that that's what you should do with him. And I think he might be very good in that role, and he can probably analyze a game just as good or not better than anybody. I think that you need to get him with players because that's where you really see his personality come out, and you need to get him on the field with guys where they're like, ah, yeah, remember Tommy, and you get to see the real Tommy come out. Or or the, we see Tom Brady, but players know Tommy. We need to get find Tommy and get him on TV. Just like Belichick, when you hear, man, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, oh, like, the dude's hilarious. Yeah, you that, need to find that guy and have him be a broadcaster. I don't know that Tom Brady is going to do it, but if you could get Tommy, now you really have something. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I think he'll be used in the booth because that's his contract. But I think he's going to take over Strahan's role of doing the player interview for the pregame show. Tom will sit with Mahomes. Tom will sit with Saquon Barkley. And it'll be a big chunk of the pregame show. And I think he'll do cut-ins at halftime. They'll go to Tom out in the at the thing. They'll be use him like the way the Manning cast. You know, They don't just let the Mannings do the Manning cast. They're in, in all other elements of it, Peyton. But does the Manning cast feel elevated over just calling a game even though there's more people who are watching the game itself but i'm just thinking of of tom's contemporaries that you know you have peyton running a business john elway was you know running a team um you know joe montana's not doing anything now but um i'm just wondering tom doing a game you know troy's doing games as you know hall of famer yes he See, the problem with doing another Manning cast is that you're doing another Manning cast. Yeah. You're going to do a worse version of what they're already doing. Just perception-wise, it's not going to be as good. They're going to try to improve on something that doesn't need to be improved on right now. Well, I'm not saying he should do that. I'm saying is what the Mannings do feel elevated from just calling a game. Like, they're on constantly. You yeah. see them all the time. They're having fun. They got their buddies there. Whereas Tom's going to be calling a game, and not every game's going to be, you know, the Lions against the 49ers with, you know, 51 million people. So that that's what I was sort of wondering. Is it going to be exciting enough for Tom Brady? Yeah, Paul. Like the Mannings have an entire business. They have a whole production company. And I kind of thought that's the way Tom would go. I think people were surprised when he took this job. Well, he's also involved with the Raiders, but I don't know if he's to what degree, if the owners have approved that. But being involved in ownership... Okay. Yes, uh, Marvin? You guys are just talking about the excitement of being out there and being at stadiums. Him being in the studio, that might be, after one season, all right, this is enough. I can't be in a stuffy studio in wherever the studio, in Los Angeles. Oh, and no, and, and that happened when I did Football Night in America. You know, Drew Brees, if you go into the studio, it's sterile. Like, these guys are so used to going into a stadium and you're being with people, and you feed off the crowd. And Drew Brees went in there and, you know, didn't enjoy it. Even Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison, when they went in there, you know, I said, look, it's a sterile environment. You have to create the excitement, the tension, because you don't have to create that when you go to a football field, go into, into a stadium. Even if you're not playing, it's there. And even when we would be on the road, whether it was for a conference title game or we would be at the Super Bowl, that energy, you could tell. The former players, former coaches, it was different. Completely different when you get out in the elements as opposed to being in a studio. 
Coming up next hour, I think the NBA has a scoring problem. There's too much scoring. Jim Jackson, former All-NBA guard, NBA on TNT, will join us coming up. Also, it's Steph Curry against Sabrina Ionescu. Three-point contest. I love that. She uses the WNBA ball from WNBA three-point range. And he, of course, abides by the NBA rules. I love it. Final hour on the way. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The fully electric EQS sedan from Mercedes-Benz is innovation on a magnificent scale. Available with the epic 56-inch touch-sensitive hyperscreen. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQS. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 